All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. Today, I'm joined by author of many romance novels, including To Win a Witch's Heart, Andy J. Christopher. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me back and like um, letting me make you read the craziest book I've this read was in the wild. last 25 years. <laughs> it was so wild. I feel like we should talk about trigger war. Like, okay. there, like I made a list in my um, in my notes app of the trigger warnings. Let's hear them. I think why not just off the <laughs> bat because there's a lot that we'll be talking about. Because this yes. week we read Lucky by the Jackie Collins. I, I'm going to preface this by saying, despite all of the things I'm about to say, um, I had. A great time. But (laughs) if you are sensitive to homophobia, fat phobia, domestic violence, unsafe sex, racism, sexual assault, gun violence, attempted child sexual assault, kidnappings, not the fun kind, all manner of substance use disorders, cheating, overdose death, and transphobia, this book (laughs) might not be your bag. But... (laughs) Well, you said something because we, you know, we were catching up before I hit record and we fell into talking about the book just because I think you can't not. This book is so <laughs> insane. But you made yes. a really good point, which is like you have to read this book as a historical document. You can't read it yes. through a 2024 yes. lens. No, you have to go back and like read it like you're reading like something set in like the early 20s or in like I read it like I was reading Jane Austen. Mm. I was like, I don't have to get like when I read Jane Austen, I'm just I come back and I'm like, I'm glad I don't get, have to get married for my financial well-being. And that like, you know, if I run off with a guy, I'm not yeah. ruined. This this had more. <laughs> um, but it made me like it made me think I was like, everyone who thinks that nothing's changed in the last like 50 years needs to like go back and read like a Jackie Collins novel. And this one was set in like the late 70s and early yeah. 80s, um, which is why I added like the unsafe sex content warning because I was like, shit, <laughs> like this is bad. They did not, they did not care about STIs. And, you know, it's it crazy. Well, yeah. So this book was published in 1985. Like you said, it takes place from like 78, I think, to 84. Yeah, 78 to 84. And it is, it's so, it's so interesting, the things that they focus on in this book that you just don't think about anymore. But you're right. I I sometimes think about like kids these days, because I'm old enough now, I can start saying that. But like, (laughs) yeah. When they talk about uh, homophobia or something, and not that those aren't like important things to talk about, but I'm like, you guys don't know what it was like when we were coming up, the way that people would talk about gay people and not that they necessarily need to, but it's like the amount that has changed is astonishing. And I think you only kind of learn that when you look back to something that was written extemporaneously and you're like, okay, wow. So like, most of this <laughs> we've moved on from yeah. as a society, you know, in a good way. Yes. And like, I think that was especially clear to me um, with like all of like the talk about bodies, like women's yeah. bodies, like, and like, it gave me like more compassion for like 
boomers in my life who still talk about bodies in a certain way. I'm like, this was the water they were swimming in and drinking oh, yeah. for like 50 years. Like that kind of like thing does not go away right away. But like, that's just not how we talk about bodies anymore. Or think <laughs> like, about bodies or inhabit or bodies. Or think about bodies anymore. Like none yeah. of it. And it's so, it is so interesting because I think I grew up in the 90s. I think we're like similar ages. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, and in the 90s was the last dying breath, I think of that, in like early aughts. And it's yes. so, it and it's such a thing to unlearn. And I love now when I see, you know, <clears throat> younger people who just like don't have that and it does not enter their right. brain. And yeah, so grateful for it because it was a rough time. It was really tough. And I watched that Netflix um, did, or I don't know if Netflix did it, but there was a documentary about Jackie Collins called Lady Boss. I watched it this morning. Oh, yes. I watched that. Like, I've watched it multiple times. Oh, yeah. Times. This was my second oh. viewing. I watched it on a plane. <laughs> loved it. Um, and something that I thought was interesting, because, like, thinking about all the body image stuff is how sh her older sisters, Joan Collins, who was, like, this very classically yes. gorgeous woman, and how much Jackie hated her physicality and was treated as the ugly other sister, which mm -hmm. obviously she wasn't. She was a beautiful woman. And they show all these scrapbooks that she kept and she has pictures of herself as like a teenager. And under the picture, she writes fat. And like, it's just upsetting, but it's like, yeah. how much of that is also like her own body stuff being put on the page? Oh, it has yeah. to be. It's like, I mean, I'm like, as an author, like I'll sometimes write something and I'll like, go back and when I'm editing and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize like that was an issue I had. <laughs> so a lot of the time, like I'm just doing my own psychoanalysis sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it gave me a lot more of a lot of like, it made me feel like the compassion that I try to remember for like um, my, like, especially like it's more like my grandmother. Yeah. I can remember her being like, so mean about bodies, mm -hmm. like so mean. Um, but at the same time, I was like, at that point in history, like my grandmother and my great grandmother, like being attractive and conventionally attractive was just like a survival thing. Yes. And something like, yeah, that this, and yeah, <laughs> I think we're jumping ahead a little bit, but just to say, I think yes. that something that this book does that I think is really interesting because it's multiple timelines and truly a million characters. We probably won't get to talk about everybody, mm -hmm. but it does show you how much women were dependent on men and how much picking the right man changed everything about yep. your life. And you would end up as like lucky Sant'Angelo and like, uh, Atlantic City real estate queen or Eden Antonio and you'd end up, you know, in a horribly abusive situation. And it just it it doesn't seem like there's a there was a judgment for Jackie on hooking yourself to a man, but it seemed like it no. was a cautionary tale of like you you gotta pick the right one, you know? Right. And lucky sort of like her whole thing was like an accident of birth. Yes. Like if her father wasn't her father, like she wouldn't be the person that she was. Um, but yeah, so it's like the second book in a series. Yes. And I don't think, I think like in the, like the loosest possible terms, 
we could call this book a romance. She ends with the person she ends up with at the end of the book. She ends up with Lenny Golden and she is with him for all of the rest of the books, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. So then in that way, yes, it is a romance. And there definitely are like those romantic scenes that are like very romantic and longing and those sort of right. things. But I think as far as it being like a central love story, like they don't get together into like 60% into the into a 900 page book. I know I, it was, it was killing me. Like it was, um, and I think we should talk about the fact like this book is so uniquely structured yeah. because like, um, it's the second book in a series. Lucky Santangelo is the daughter of a former mobster turned casino owner in Vegas. And when he was in tax, um, exile in Israel, which is a, a choice. Um, he, she like took over his business and built a brand new hotel in Las Vegas. And as the story begins, she is still sort of mourning the loss of Marco, who got murdered by her dad's mafia buddy who she ended up murdering and getting off because it was self-defense because he also murdered her brother and her lover. and her mother and, and oh yeah did he also yeah he murdered her mother too so he just he murdered a bunch of people so she had to shoot him in the balls yeah which i don't hate for him <laughs> in the head the balls in the chest she really made sure that that self was <laughs> defended really and it was also a lie. Was definitely <laughs> it was a total yeah, yeah. lie. I mean, she like, listen, I think if somebody murders three people close to you, like, not that I'm saying vigilante justice, you should murder anybody, but also like, I'm not going to cry, lose sleep over it. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I, I mean, I've read enough dark romance novels. It's fine. <laughs> like, like the, you can see like the lineage from Jackie Collins in dark mm -hmm. romance a little bit. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I also have the theory that, like, I get the same feeling reading. I got the same feeling reading, like, Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid that I got reading mm -hmm. this book because it kept, because there were so many different storylines and it kept jumping and it was about, like, ostensibly famous people. Um, except Jackie would just, like, mention real famous people and she knew real famous people. Yes. So it's like. Right. Yeah. That She did such a good job of naming, like, Actual famous person, actual famous person, and then a character. And you're like, okay, now I yes. get where this person is in the like the echelon of fame. But to right. go to go back, um, your puppy is in the other room. Just in case anyone hears a dog My barking, it's not your house. <laughs> it's Andy's. Yes, it's uh it's my Older dog, Archie, he's growling mm -hmm. a little bit because the puppy is in the other room barking her little brains out. She will stop eventually, but um, she has to guard. She has to guard the casa. She's, um, yes. Anyway, no. So, so you texted me randomly, and you just said, "I want to read a Jackie Collins book," and I said, "Yeah, <laughs> let's do it." Yes, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> um, because I used to read like my mom's Jackie Collins books. Mm -hmm. And I know I read Lucky at some point, and like my grandma had them all. And I'm like, oh, and like my grandma was like a book a day mm -hmm. reader. Like she read like a romance novel every day for like most of her adult life. 
So I don't think she finished Lucky in one day because it was 744 no. pages. <laughs> it was long. You couldn't. Well, because I um, when I was reading this book, I thought it was like a typical romance, like three, maybe 400 pages. Normally, I finish those in like two to three days. And we had to push this back because uh-huh. I was like, there just ain't no way. I'm like, I'm not finishing this. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I think I read the last 300 pages definitely in two days. Yeah. Um, because like you – by the time you got to like the last 150 pages, I was like, I can't, I literally cannot stop. Oh, no. But like, yeah. So you, so you grew up reading Jackie Collins then and you had, you did yes, read this as a I, kid or a younger person. Yeah. I, I read this as a, a younger person. I was probably like 13 or 14. Amazing. Wildly inappropriate. But it's a rite of passage. Like, I don't know. Everybody has punch, like <laughs> clutching pearls about kids reading sex. And I was like, of the ways for kids to learn about sex, I feel like in a novel is not one I'm going to, again, lose sleep over. I don't really care. Yeah. I'm like, of all the awful things out there, it's like, if you're learning about sex from Lucky Santangelo, all right. What? I mean, she, like... She really like treated it like it was like a handshake. Yeah. And I just appreciated that so much. There's like I feel like a lot of like in comparison, a lot of books you read now are like sex negative. Yes. Compared to like Lucky Santangelo is a sex positive queen. Mm. And I appreciate her for that. Um I'm concerned for her like gynecological health, but I appreciate her. <laughs> right. Well, there's a there's a <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, anyway. So, okay, so you had that relationship with Jackie Collins and then what made you just yeah. one day out of the blue just say I got to get my thoughts out to the world about Jackie Collins or like made you <laughs> want to like read this cuz you had suggested this book and Hollywood Wives. We went with Lucky, which yeah, I Yeah, and Hollywood Wives by. is not like a romance. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like but it's but there's there's I was like let's stick to maybe a book that has like a central romance yeah, and yeah. I think Lucky does. And I think I watched lady boss like twice and then because she was so cool <laughs> like the coolest amazing yeah the coolest and like i listened to her daughters on faded yeah. mates during the that uh trailblazers episode and i was like i want to go back and read jackie collins but i feel like i wanted someone to do it with me and I was like Aaron will probably do it with <laughs> I will because the same I didn't grow up I, I had never read Jackie Collins before growing up like there was nobody around me who was reading I'm certainly not like your grandmother um and so it wasn't an option and I think I just kind of like my mother would have just probably been like oh like they're a little trash like my mother's like a farm girl from mm-hmm. New Hampshire so like I think Jackie Collins would have just like freaked her out probably vibe wise <laughs> But I loved it. And um, so I'd always wanted to, especially after watching that Lady Boss. And I think it's one of those things like you Mm -hmm. just never get around to it. And I'm thrilled to death that I read this book. I mean, this book was amazing and so much fun. And in the... in the documentary, they talk or they say to her face so many times, like, you are trash. You write trash. And I was like... It was making me insane because, like, yes, these are, like, pulpy novels, but the job of a novelist is to make you want to keep reading. And she does yes. for 900 pages. You are constantly, yeah. like, and what's happening next? Every end of a chapter is a cliffhanger for over 100 chapters. That's hard. That's skill. Unreal. Unreal. You know? 
I mean, and she'll even within a chapter, she'll put like a yeah. uh, like a cliffhanger. And like she's like she was so brilliant in the way she would like move the story for it. And how she like how she wove all of these characters together was yeah. Like I, I like that's like a masterclass to me. So like, you know, setting aside like the the time warp that this book is set in and how like different things were. It makes me like it made me so thankful for cell phones because <laughs> like half the shit in the second half of the book would not have happened with like cell phones or it would have happened different yeah. with cell phones. Um, but it's like, like how scary must it have been to be able to not like call your dad immediately? No, <laughs> like, and all of these answering services that were constantly happening. And I, and I was so curious about the answering service because I'm like, did you call the answering service to say, take my calls. I don't know how the answering service worked at that time. Neither do but, I. Neither do I. Like, is there like a lady sitting in a room with like a switchboard? Yes, that's how I pictured like, it. And I was thinking, I was like, how much fun would it have been to been one of those people? Because you get all the gossip. Of, like, I know, who's you know him. everything. But I was, what I wanted to ask you that because like you said, like the second half of the book is basically just people not being able to get a hold of each other it, to oversimplify yes. it. But like, how much are you envious of being able to write like that because there's no cell phones or because it seems like story-wise so much more can happen because like you said, if this was happening in modern days, you would just text somebody or you just call them and they'd answer no matter where they were in the world. True, but also people like they're on boats a lot. <laughs> so cell phones fall off boats. Okay, there you go. Like, you know, like things can happen to cell phones. Um, they can lose their charge. You don't always have a charger. Mm -hmm. So like people can block you and ignore you. So like a lot of the stuff you could do it. You would just have to do it super like very differently, mm -hmm. you know? Like Lenny goes on do not disturb when he goes to his old apartment, then, you know, he can't be reached for two days. Yeah. Or, you know, um, I, I, I can't see Gino Santangelo carrying around a cell phone even in 2024 <laughs> if he were alive. So you might not be able to get a hold of him. Yeah, he seems like he, he would always be tough to get a hold of no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think he would – he seems like a, a – a guy who would embrace technology in other ways, like sex toys, but like he, like, like he would never embrace a no, cell no, phone. No. I can't see that happening. Like, should we? I mean, we're twenty minutes in, basically. But should we do a quick, like, what is this book about? Like, if you could yes. summarize the plot. Okay, so Lucky Santangelo. Uh, it's basically like the central love story, if you can call it that, is between Lucky Santangelo and comedian. Um, and movie star and television star Lenny Golden, mm -hmm. who is described as being as funny as Chevy Chase, but looking like Robert Redford. And honestly, here for it. <laughs> what a combo. Um, <laughs> what a combo. And they first meet at um, Lucky Santangelo's Las Vegas Casino, the Magiriano. He, She is... Um, mad at her father because her father Gino his has fallen in love with Susan. Um, Susan Marchino, who uh, and she needs to get married because her husband died and left her with no money. And she's like, she Lucky calls her Grace Kelly throughout the entire book because she's like, 
really stuck up. Mm-hmm. And that's not Gino and Lucky because they're from New York and they're like, he was a mobster. But he like Gino's in love with her. And so she's peeved. And um he like she like walks out on his set at her hotel because his friend Jess, who's like a croupier croupier at the hotel, gets him hired as the comic. Um, because he's been doing stuff in New York and that's not working out because his girlfriend Eden Antonio. This is so wild. Okay. Everybody is <laughs> Italian so- or Greek. There's only two ethnicities. Yeah. And then Lenny is like ostensibly Jewish because his name is Lenny Jewish. Golden, but that's never mentioned. Well, his mother is mentioned as like a Jewish okay. mother who doesn't want to be a Jewish mother. Oh, so right. it's like it's oh yeah. So there's also a little bit of anti-Semitism. Let's just put that out there too. But it's Lenny, it's that. Lenny said about her being a Jewish and she is an awful mother. She's a terrible mother. She's a terrible person. Oh, like, she's a mess. I do love her though. I am obsessed with her, but she's I mean, a bad person. She's a, a bad person like, or is she just fun? She's just a fun woman who wants to fuck. (laughs) Like everyone. She fucks everyone. When she's obsessed with, when she falls in love with a little person and finds out he's a count, she's all in. (laughs) And I loved that representation because they really had the count, which like could have been like a a joke. Like he was very like serious and just like like a good guy. And he wanted to help. And he did want to help. He tried to help. He did. Um, wait, okay. Eddie um, had a huge okay. cock, and they made sure to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> huge cock. Absolutely. Yes. That was. Um, anyway, sorry. So Lenny and she meet at the casino. At the casino, after she like walks out on his set, and he grabs her arm, and she's like, "Why do you walk out on my set?" Blah blah blah. And he's like, "She's like, I don't know who the fuck you are." And then I can't remember if it's that day or the next day they have like a moment where like. He's she wants to she's like, I just want to fuck this guy yeah. and like move on. And he won't like sleep with her right away. So she gets him fired from the hotel. Which is sexual harassment. You can't be doing that. It is sexual yeah. harassment. She is committing sexual harassment. And so, but he doesn't know who she mm-hmm. is. Or why he was so fired. In, why he was he has no clue. He just knows he was fired. Um, and then his friend, his best friend from childhood, who he has never fucked, which I Hard to believe in this universe. They are the only okay. two characters who don't fuck in this entire book is Jess and Lenny. But their relationship, I did love. Yeah, I did. I loved it. Um, so she's like the croupier at the casino. She has a terrible husband who basically lets her baby drown, oh. um, which is so sad. Yeah. I cried. No, it's so upsetting. It's sad. Yeah. And she's sort of getting – she's getting sexually harassed by the manager of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Matt Trainer, um, spoiler they and like you, Jackie Collins tells you he's a nice guy because she gets super drunk and he doesn't. Rape he her. almost rapes her and then he says, "Nah, I don't want to do that." And so nah. you're like, "Oh, I'll, I'm like a win is a win, I guess." In this universe, I was like, "I'll take it, <laughs> I'll take it," because that that's that's not happening in a lot of the no. rest of the book. So, um. And so, like, and, like, her baby dies, like, as Lenny, he takes off in the middle of the night and moves to Los Angeles. 
but he doesn't have a they don't have cell phones and he doesn't know anyone so he like ends up with these twin hanging out with these like twins who have gotten a lot of plastic surgery he sleeps with one of them he doesn't know who <laughs> they don't seem to care they stay friends with him the entire book even in like the last chapter he's hanging out with their names are like Sana and shirley yeah amazing <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, but wait, amazing. Mad Trainer also shows that he's a good guy because he like tracks Lenny down to tell him what happened and be like, you got to get back yes. here. And Lenny comes back. That's yeah. true. He does. Because he gets a job at like a Sunset Strip comedy club yes. that because his mother does tell him, oh, you got to go to Foxy. This guy I used to like cheat on your dad with who's married to like my friend. Rainbow. And then there's this whole <laughs> rainbow. He used to jerk off to nonstop as a child. We hear so we know so much about his jerking off habits as an adolescent <laughs> just because of this one Yeah, character. just because of Rainbow. Because of Rainbow. But, like, Rainbow likes his act, which apparently is very important. And he ends up, like, uh, like he, he actually skips a thing with the Merv Griffin. He gets an agent. He ends up skipping a thing with the Merv Griffin show just to go back for his friend's um, son's funeral, which, like, touching. Um, then he is but- always a good guy. He always yeah, Lenny is a hundred percent a good yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean his taste in in women for a lot of the book, yeah, shaky is not yeah. great. It's shaky at best because he ended up leaving New York because he was in love with this like Swedish model named Eden. Ant- well, she looked Swedish, but she was obviously Italian. Um, <laughs> as is everyone model named e- as is everyone named Eden Antonio. And she moved out to L.A. to become an actress. He told her she was a shitty actress. It sounds like she was not a good actress. But at the beginning of the book, she's doing soap spots, soap, like, guest spots. And she gets um, tangled up with this guy named Santino Enzanati, who's a mobster and the son of the guy that Lucky shot in the balls, the stomach, and the head. In in the last book. But they tell you everything that happened. So, like, you don't... You don't. You can just jump in. With That's what one. I was thinking because I was like, "What happens in the last book?" It feels like everything has happened in this book, but it's just that basically is what has happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the like the like those all those really long passages in um, italics were just like the summary of what happened in the last book. If you hadn't gotten oh, the last book, gotcha. I, I that's what I think. Anyhow, so he like he and Eden sort of she she thinks she's using this guy. And he like, it's like a like a textbook case of him entrapping her into like the most horribly abusive relationship that I can imagine. Um, and he's he's the big bad mm-hmm. in this book. Yeah. Oh, and I neglected to mention. So the prologue basically we find out that Lucky in 1984 is or five is, I think it's 1984 is on trial for murder and about to find out if she's been convicted of murder. I forgot that. Yeah. Okay. So that's a prologue. Okay. So you know she's going to murder – she's going to – like some someone's going to okay. die, which I think is actually really smart. Just li- like put the gun on the table right. in the prologue. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, smart woman. Anyway. <clears throat> and then – um. Lenny's on a show, and then they're 
how does he end up married? He ends up married to Olympia. Cause he, he goes back to the Majoriano cause he's on a television show and he's still doing comedy. Well, Jess follows him and to LA, becomes yeah, his just manager, him to LA. like sulks around and then he's like, okay, enough sulking. We got to get you out of this bed. And then she becomes his manager and is phenomenal of it. She becomes the manager cause Foxy tells her to, and she's like, all right. And then she gets him like a TV show back on the Merv Griffin show. He's a star. He comes back to Vegas to do two weeks with the Vito Felicidas, who is a tragic character. Oh, he's a tragic character. And like the, man. the accent. And it's just, it's like Jackie Collins could do a lot, but like writing an accent that wasn't offensive was not one of those things. No. Like bless her heart. But like, yeah, no. And so he's – oh, also, I have to go back. We have to go back because Lucky Santangelo, she is upset about, like, the thing with Lenny. And then she's upset about her dad getting married to Susan. And um, she sleeps with her former – her, like, best friend from school's dad, Dimitri Stanislopoulos. Um, and they sleep together a bunch – and she ends up pregnant. Yeah. So it's all bad. <laughs> she and Olympia, who were best friends in their Swedish boarding school, slept together also. Slept together. Just like <laughs> that was just like a paragraph. We never went back. We never back went to back that. to it. And the I always was like, how can it not come back? How can she like and lucky for one millisecond never thinks like, wow, that's weird. I like slept with the daughter and the father like that's a little that's something she never it never enters <laughs> her brain and i'm like that would that's kind of like a bigger deal like her sh she does not care she's like i think olympia will probably be pissed but what am i to do and it's just like <laughs> you slept with your well, and dimitri sounded in fairness very hot like, I was never... He sounded super I was hot. never confused yeah. as to why Lucky was into Dimitri. I was always like, I get it. It makes sense. Until he, like, took his turn. Yeah. Yeah. So then so, Lenny ends up married to Olympia because <laughs> Olympia wants to make her rock star boyfriend, sometimes a situationship, Flash, jealous. By So she makes tries to make Flash jealous by dating Vito. Vito, Vito yes. is maybe asexual. It's kind of married. He doesn't really, and he's yeah. married to a teenager, as is again everyone in this book is married to a teenager. And yeah. then, so she decides she doesn't want to marry Vito anymore to make Flash jealous. She's going to marry Lenny. So they sleep together and then immediately get married as a joke for both of them. But then they end up married for six but years. They're both super duper yes. high. Like, like very, very, very stoned. And um, she wants to do it. He's like, I don't know. And then he does it. Um, and it's, it's not great. But, and then, so we do jump forward two mm -hmm. years to 1980 when, um, you know, Lucky has a, like Lucky has a bait. Is that when we jump forward to 19? No, we jump forward to 1980 because that's the summer of the cruise. And so Dimitri takes a turn once they get yeah. married. 
Like they were raising their baby together in secret. She didn't even tell her dad she had Just a baby. In the Hamptons, in this giant house. And in the Hamptons and a Greek yeah. island, which I mean, come on, for the love of the Harlequin presents <laughs> a Greek island. Yeah. Like that's a private island. Um, also, yeah, a private one thing I liked about this book is that like um both Gino and Dimitri did not like young women. Yes. They were not into young women. Like, they were like, ew, gross. She's too young. I can't talk to her. And she's terrible in bed. So it was like women in their 40s and 50s, they were like really into sleeping with them. And I was like, hmm, that's not something you see every day. I love it. No, it was something that Um, was interesting. I forget which, either Gino or Dimitri is thinking about women. And he's like, I don't want to fuck anyone under 40 because they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like appreciate it he's in it they're both in their like yeah. 70s but it's fine. yeah i was like but it's like respect uh, yeah respect i'm like <laughs> wow over 40 congratulations they also both married their daughters off when they were teenagers so olympia gets married yeah, for the first so time weird. when she's 16 as does lucky lucky which is yeah she crazy. had to marry like yeah a senator's son craven like it was what senator weird. names their yeah. their son craven that just seems like a <laughs> Because the name is Destiny. Yeah, exactly. And he sounded like a real dud. Yeah, he sucked. Uh, <laughs> anyway. And like, that, yeah. yeah. And Lucky got out of that marriage by like taking over her dad's business when he had to move abroad to avoid paying taxes. Mm-hmm. So um, anyhow. Um, and her brother got so, murdered outside of the pier. Yeah, he got murdered outside, the, which is a real bummer for yeah. him. I hate that. He also um, was gay. Yes, yes. And so, and Gino kind of just ignored that and was like, whatever. Um, I mean, Gino, like, is never going to win Father of the Year, but he's not, he's not the worst dad in this And he's also, like, not a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, like, Lenny kind of always makes the right decision. And, like, Gino, for everyone saying he's, like, uncouth and disgusting, it's like, he does really, like, step it up. Like, he's... Yeah, like he's there for Lucky. He's there for his grandson. He's a good husband to Susan until. Oh, okay. okay. So Susan, <laughs> we got. We'll go back and talk about various scenes that happened. But like, let's get through like what yes. happens in this book. It's guys. We're only like not even halfway through. We're not even halfway through. So every everyone in the book almost ends up on a cruise on Dimitri's yacht. Yes. In the south of France. And this is where Lenny uh, and like Lenny is married to Olympia. Lucky is married to Dimitri. Dimitri stopped liking sex after they got married, which weird. But he also continued liking sex with his English actress, Francesca Fern. Who's married. Who is also, yeah, yeah, who's married to a guy named Horace. Poor Horace. I I feel so bad for him. (laughs) And... He kind of married Lucky to make Francesca jealous because she spurned him at an event in, like, 1978. And that's kind of how he ended up in bed with Lucky. Yes. But ultimately, but he like, married Lucky because like, yeah. they had a son together. They yeah. have a son. Yeah. And he wanted his son to be legitimate, which Lucky couldn't care less about. But she was like, all right, I yeah. guess. And so they're not in a good place. Lenny and Olympia hadn't joined them on the boat because – Lenny had to do something. 
like he he was, had to do some TV stuff or Olympia had to do something. Oh, Olympia also has the most terrible child on the face of the planet named Brigitte. She's monstrous. Yes. Like And Olympia is a true terrible mother. She's a true terrible mm-hmm. mother. She and also like like what I did I mean I didn't like that her only character traits were like she was overweight mm-hmm. and a terrible mother and blonde. Yes. And I'm like and a drug addict. Someone and a drug addict. Someone blonde did something horrible to Jackie. The way Collins. that Jackie Collins, everyone beautiful is brunette, everyone treacherous is blonde. That's how you could yes. just know if somebody's going to be a good character or a bad character. Only women though, because Lenny is blonde and a man. Yeah, precisely. Mm-hmm. He looks like Robert Redford. Yeah. So uh, I'm just with with a little bit of Paul Newman. So I'm like, okay, so best. I know. Of both so just worlds. the two hottest men God ever created smushed together. Okay, let's see. And also funny. Really funny, apparently. <laughs> and good with kids. I just and good with yeah, kids. It's tough. Yeah. So anyway. Lenny and Lucky sort of run into each other in San Tropez. She knows this is Lenny Golden. He like so she just like swims into the water. He, do, he knows gets that up she's on a, a hot woman he's seen twice, but not yes. who she is, or that she is his right. mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't yeah. know. He follows her out onto this raft. The logistics of this I need to see because I could not get it in my mind. They go to like a – like, yeah, they swim out. He chases her swimming to to like like a a floating dock. Okay. That's what I'm picturing in my head. They – I might just be like, yeah. And and they bang it out. Immediately. Without talking. Mm -hmm. Immediately. Because she – even in her mind, she's like, please, Lord, don't say anything to ruin this. I just want to fuck you. And I can't be having you say dumb shit, yeah. which like, who among us? <laughs> exactly. Um, Lucky would definitely put her finger against someone's lips and be like, yeah, You're like, no, no, no. Don't yeah. talk. Don't talk. Don't talk. Um, and so he gets back to the boat that night and, and goes to dinner and he sees that it's Lucky. But like somehow everyone in the book ends up on this mm-hmm. boat. Like his mother's on the boat because she gets along with Olympia's daughter, Brigitte. And like um Gino's on the boat. Gino's on the boat. Susan wants to be on the boat. Susan is also a lesbian. Boat, yeah. Yeah. Susan is yeah. also a lesbian. So Susan has been having an affair with the wife of a Hollywood producer and interior designer, Paige Wheeler, who might be my favorite character in the book. Okay, we need to put a we need to put a tack into Paige because I have so much I want to say about her. She's she's phenomenal. She's the wildest woman we've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) She's yeah, she's great. Somebody was like she like yeah pheromones. Anyway, okay, so Susan like yeah. Susan had it. Yeah. Or, well, Susan, she did. She does not like sex with men. And so mm. the, she just makes this very clear. She was only tolerating having sex with Gino, who is a very sexual man, mm-hmm. um, like before they got married. And then she sort of, since, since then, she's kind of like shut it down. She's like, I'm not really into yeah. it. So actually, Gino starts sleeping with Paige, who is Susan's girlfriend. That- but he doesn't know yeah. that. Yeah. He doesn't know that yet. Um. So he's kind of sad that he's on the boat because he's like, I really miss, like, the woman who likes to sleep with me. And he's thinking he's got to get divorced from Susan anyway. But, you know, 
we're moving on. Because <laughs> you got to move yeah. on. You got to move on. So eventually, Lucky decides she's going to leave the boat. She's like, I got to get out of this marriage. Mm-hmm. So does Lenny. He's, I got to get out of this. And and Gino's like, you know what? Listen, I'll get a call from New York tomorrow. I'm going to fly out. Um, Her, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll. Yeah, I'll call and make sure, like, you know, it's it's me. And also, Lucky gets married to Dimitri because he promises to help her build a hotel in Atlantic City mm-hmm. that she was trying to build with her dad at the beginning of the book. But he was, like, too wrapped up in Susan to, like, really pay attention to it. And the deal fell through. And so she's real upset about that. So she's like, all right, I'll just get married to Dimitri. I'll build my hotel. And then we'll just have, like, this nice relationship. And it do- doesn't work out the way... She had planned for it too. So, and then Dimitri is going to divorce Lucky, but only if Francesca divorces her husband, Horace. And so they're going to go to Paris, and then Olympia decides to go to Paris. Lenny at this point is like, we're definitely going to get this marriage. Eighty-six. He asks Jess if he can get an annulment. She's like, you consummated the marriage. No, you can't get an annulment. So it sucks Mm -hmm. for him. And then, so almost everyone's off the boat except for Alice and Horace. So like Lenny's mom is like having sex with Dimitri's mistress's husband. Um, Susan sleeps with a countess who tries to like get a threesome with the Saudi guy that the countess is dating and, Susan's like, absolutely not. Susan is so upset about the idea of, she's like, I don't want to fuck my husband. I'm not going to fuck your husband. Please. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. There's also like a girl, uh, like an 18 year old married to like a 75 year old Texas oil tycoon on the boat. I don't know what they're doing there. The crew of the boat is spying on everyone. So I don't know how this, all of this didn't end up in like the daily. But then it doesn't. Because they see the Countess and Susan sleeping together. They also see Lenny and um, and Lucky, and Lucky banging. banging out yeah. just like on one of the decks. I'm like, they they are sleeping out in the wild and it's fine. Lenny and Lucky have, are like, realize they're in love with each other and want to be together. Yes, they want to be and together. so they end so up they, being together so- in New York for a few days. Yeah. Yes, they, they are in New York for a few days. So, um... Lenny has to go do the Johnny Carson show mm. and sh- and um, Lucky turns it on and is like, oh, I got to have him. And so he ends up flying out, out to New York from L.A. and they spend a few days together and they're like, OK, we're going to get our ducks in a row. We're going to get out of our marriages. We're going to be together. But then when Dimitri takes Francesca to Paris – or sends her to Paris with Olympia, who's going to go shopping. She's going to just spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on clothes. How do you, like, in the 1980s, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, it's just like, furs it's, and jewelry. Like, it ha- how else are you spending? Yeah, yeah, how else are you spending that much? But it's just Fern and Olympia on the plane. It's just Fern and Olympia on the plane. So they're coming back from Paris to the south of France to get back on the boat. And the plane crashes. Fern is dead. Olympia is half burnt. Disfigured, yeah. Disfigured. And then we jump to 1983. (laughs) 
So we're like two thirds of the way through the book. So we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Olympia has stayed in bed and gained weight, although she has recovered her looks because of plastic surgeons in Brazil, like the work. And so, and she, and Lenny has stayed with her because her father has pretty much abandoned her. He's on his Greek island, not fucking leaving with uh, Roberto, his son with Lucky. He told Lucky, you can't take my son. I will destroy your life. And so Lucky's flying back and forth from the Greek island to New York um, and Atlantic City where she's building her new hotel. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's he's checked out. He calls his, he calls Olympia once in a while. Brigitte is in school in um, Switzerland. She rarely goes home. She goes to visit Grandpa Dimitri. She and her mother hate each other. Um, honestly, it's best to keep those toxic people mm-hmm. apart. It's it's not a good scene. And then um, Lenny, he got fired from his show because he stayed with and sued and like everything, like everything was bad because he stayed with Olympia while she was like recuperating. Um, they're like, they're in a loveless marriage. Um, and he knows that Lucky is still married to Dimitri. So they're just, they just haven't spoken. Um, cause Lucky basically oh. says like, I think this was a sign we can't be together. And yeah. because Dimitri yeah. is so sad about Fern, he doesn't, Lucky doesn't feel like she can leave him. And he, because he's no. like, I'm yeah. old, I'm going to die soon. I want to spend as much time as I can with my son. That's why she's like fine with him staying on the island. And like, and it's like, oh, there are worse places to like be a kid than a Greek island. I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. okay. I, I don't, I don't judge him. Oh, also going back, um, uh, Gino goes back to LA into Beverly Hills where he's like bored out of his yeah. board. It um, seems boring. Yeah. Yeah. He seems, yeah, it seems boring. So he, and she has like two terrible kids who hate mm-hmm. him and call him like a hood. Like, this is not a good situation, mm-hmm. but Paige goes over to Susan's house. Like all of this is ha- like, and it's jumping from yeah. person to person. So you're like, Gino's coming back, <laughs> you know? So Susan, she's not taking the hint that Paige is like, listen, this is not working. Paige has tried to tell her, I'm giving my marriage another chance when really what she's giving, giving another chance is like, Yeah, Gino. she decides like, and she feels weird. Yeah. yeah, she's the only one to feel weird about a sexual sh- situation she's in. Nobody else ever <laughs> does. But Paige is the only one to be like, I'm sleeping with the husband and the wife. I do kind of have to make a decision. And she picks Gino because like Susan does yeah. seem like a wet fish like pillow princess, like Paige is not yeah. that into it. So, but Susan is in yes. love with Paige. Susan is in love with Paige. She's like, I've never felt this way with that. And she's so ba- glad that she's like back in um, California where she can be with Paige and away from the countess who wanted her to like have sex with her husband. And so they're, so Paige is like, listen, in, in her own mind, she's like, all right, I'm just going to, we're just going to do it one more time to say goodbye and then to say goodbye. And so right then Gino rolls up and says, Oh, Paige's car is here. Cause he knows that Susan and Paige yeah. are friends. That's how they met. And Oh, it'll be great to see them both. And he goes in and he eats like one of the cucumber sandwiches <laughs> that um, Susan made for like the tea that she had put out with Paige. And then he goes, he's like, oh, they're probably like showing each other close upstairs. <laughs> and he walks in on them doing yeah. it. 
And so that's like the end of like the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So um, now we're in Beverly Hills. And okay, so while Lenny was taking care of Olympia, he started writing movies. And now he's and he starred in a movie and it did really, really well. It was like the like the highest grossing film of 1981. The producer is uh, Ryder Wheeler. Paige's husband. So Paige's husband. seems like a nice guy who just kind of wants to produce movies and doesn't really care much about his wife. But not in a cruel way. In a kind of like, you do your thing, babe. Have fun. Exactly. Paige is cool. Anyway. So there, and then like he goes to play tennis. He doesn't seem to like do drugs or like drink that much anymore. I mean, he still drinks like a half a bottle of vodka in like the last like, portion of the book but he's you know he he seems to like not be in the grips of an addiction olympia meanwhile has a little he she has like a safe room for her drugs (laughs) (laughs) she does she has a safe room for her drugs she's she's overweight and my logistic thing i was like how can you do that much cocaine and still be that hungry I I asked myself the same question because right. yeah. that seems. I mean, Jackie was playing against stereotypes. I guess so. With with that one, I guess um, the worst thing about Olympia is not the being a bad mother or a brat or all of the drugs. It is that she allows herself in the throes of recovering from a plane crash allows herself to get over two hundred pounds, which no one can no one can forgive her for. Because this book is no one can for, like fat phobic, just it, it, to a degree that is humorous at a certain stage. Yeah, you're like no, what? Like even Lenny's like calling her an elephant, yeah. and I'm like, stop it, Lenny! You're making me like you less. Exactly, stop and it. she keeps being like, "Well, will you love me if I lose a few pounds?" And he's like, "Couldn't hurt," and I'm like, "Could hurt? Stop! <laughs> stop! Stop! Like, let's try to get her healthy. Like, let's try to get her off the drugs. Let's try to get her, you know." move in is nice you know she just sits and is on like she just sits and eats food and orders things from catalogs and from her drug dealer and from her drug dealer who doesn't have teeth yes yeah no it's not great it's not it's um and like lenny and she bought like a 10 no she bought a 10 million dollar house over the phone in bel-air um and lenny's like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing here this is terrible and so but he's like i can't leave her and i'm like i don't maybe she'd be better off if you did but i she is a tragic figure though like there is something about olivia that is sad like she never had a chance to be a normal person no there was nobody no because her her mom doesn't care yeah like her mom's like oh yeah yeah no her father doesn't care like you know her father like yeah, Dimitri, I get like in the beginning of the book, I was like, ooh, Dimitri's hot. And then like once he took his turn, I was like, Dimitri, I don't feel that sorry for you. You're like kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um so I like now I'm like struggling to remember like so then she eventually some- eventually she loses a little bit of weight and decides it's enough to be able to yeah. go see her. She runs into her like her rock star ex-boyfriend. Oh, wait. So this was that was after um Dimitri died. And oh, so she Dimitri had to go to dies. New York for the reading of the will. Right. 
And it turns out that Lucky and Roberto got most, and Brigitte got more money than she did. Mm -hmm. And so she's like losing her mind. She's going to sue. She's in Dimitri's New York apartment. Lucky makes her a couple of very nice offers. Right. For, you know, how how much more money to give her. She says, fuck you, no. Um, Basically, Lenny in that moment decides, I'm done. I've had it. This is... Mm -hmm. This is finished. I'm leaving you. He walks out of the New York. She throws a crystal ashtray that almost hits his head. So she almost kills him. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into Flash mm-hmm. at Studio 54. Yes. Um, and then they end up doing like checking into, I'm guessing is like the Chelsea Hotel is like what we're right. thinking the hotel they are is that they never name it, but I'm like, that's gotta be the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. So they check into the Chelsea Hotel do a bunch of drugs, and they both overdose and die. It's really sad. Yeah. And this is at the same time that Brigitte is going from her school in Switzerland to – she she stops in Atlantic City because Lucky has this – The opening of yeah. – grand The opening of her hotel, the Sant'Angelo in Atlantic City. And she and Brigitte have gotten a little bit closer – um, since like Francesca Fern's death and her mother's injuries. And she's 14, but looks 18, which is never good news. No, no, no. No. Yeah. So she ends up hooking up with the actor who Eden Antonio, we remember her, she's up with the mobster. She's like locked in a house yeah. in the Hollywood There's Hills. so much about Eden Antonio that we find out about, but- it doesn't matter. Like, she's just in a bad situation. It's just continuously She's in a bad, bad situation. He keeps offering to get her in a movie. Finally, he only gets her in a porno. And, like, she gets – like, she has to get, like, sexually assaulted on camera. It's terrible. It's awful. It's bad. Yeah. He hits her all the time. Um. Anyway, and he still wants revenge against Lucky. That's important for mm-hmm. this last part. So she ends up hooking up with this actor named Tim Wealth, who ends up starring in the porno with Eden Antonio. They like rekindle their love affair, and they're he's gonna find a way to run away together, and he's gonna use Brigitte to get it done. So the last like sort of act of the book is um Roberto, his nanny Cece, who Brigitte is horribly racist towards for the entire fucking book. <laughs> in a, in, and not even just like subtle racism, just like just saying it in a way that was... Yes. Ne- it was always hard to get back to Brigitte after that. It was insane. It was... It did yeah. not make sense. And she also tried to... She tried to drown her Uncle Roberto once when he was a little Yes. Kid. So, yeah, she's... <sighs> I mean, I think in later books, I don't think I don't think she turns out well. But okay, we'll see. Um, Spoiler, little like, bitch girl I, I, is I mean, about Brigitte. Brigitte. Okay. I, I mean, I want to go so deep on Jackie Collins' books after this because this was such a wild <laughs> ride that I'm like, these have to be so much fun. I I mean, <laughs> I, I, I I had a great yeah. time. So, Roberto, Brigitte, Cece, the nanny, Alice. Her little person, boyfriend, Claudio, mm-hmm. are all hanging out at the Bel Air mansion waiting for um, Olympia to get back from New York, which she never tragically never does. Um, and Lucky's going to come see um, her, her dad and her uncle Costa and his young wife who's about to give birth um, in L.A., 
Lenny has left the house. He goes back to his old condo on Doheny in, I think that's in Beverly Hills, or it's in West LA. And he doesn't have the phone on and he's writing a bunch of stuff and it's really funny. And so he's kind of out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, Make sure to shade his housekeeper he, nonstop, which I'm like, then just fire nonstop. her. He gets so mad. He's like, exactly. she doesn't do anything. She just like sits and watches TV. And it's like, then get a new housekeeper. It's strange that you're surprised she wasn't doing her job. Anyway. I mean, yeah. I mean, but he's too nice to fire her. He could just like pay her not to show up. That would be great. I house it. Just as a side. So I house at once for my parents' friend who has like two really lovely dogs obsessed with it. And he lives in this like beautiful home. And he has two housekeepers because one housekeeper is bad at her job, but he can't bring himself to fire her because I think he tried to one. And she just like didn't let herself be fired. And so he has her come on Mondays and then on Tuesdays is the housekeeper that actually does a good job. But he's like, they can't know about each other. So they both <laughs> came while I was there. And he's like, you can't. He's like, he hid the two envelopes for the money that I was supposed to give to the housekeepers. And he's like, you can't let them know that the other one exists. So this is for this one. And this is for this one. And you can't say anything. And I was just like, okay, this seems like a lot of money to get out of a uncomfortable conversation. But it's your money and it's fine. It is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's that's something Lenny would have Oh, done. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, <clears throat> so Cece breaks her tooth on a stale nut in the fruitcake that Alice makes to try to show off her homemaking skills for Claudio, who said he was a count in France. And maybe is. We don't know. And maybe is. We yeah. don't know. We never we never really No, find we don't out. touch back down on Claudio ever, really. No. But she's not with Claudio at the very end. No. no Alice is not going to stay with anybody not. for very long. She can't. She's a woman in the no. wind. <laughs> <laughs> but she – and so she has a dentist, but the dentist is all the way in Marina Del Rey. And it is really helpful to understand a little bit about Los Angeles geography when you're reading a Jackie Collins book. It takes a long yeah. time to get to – Marina Del Rey. You got to drive through a lot of smog in the in the mid eighties. So they take her to the dentist, and they leave Roberto with Brigitte, who the night before had um, gone to Trader Vic's with um, Tim Wealth, and he let her drink, and then they'd gone back to his. Um, apartment or squat or yeah. what, like shitty apartment to do the coke that she stole from her mom's safe room because she wanted to impress him being able to do coke because she couldn't do coke at the Sant'Angelo when they were doing the coke. <laughs> and She's 14. and they do, She's 14 and they do it again. Mm. And then he basically um, calls while she's alone with her four and a half year old uncle and it's like, hey, I need you to – because he's trying to get Eden Antonio out of her abusive situation. So he's going to basically kidnap and ransom Brigitte because she's an heiress and she has all this money and it was in the news and he knows she's 14 and not 16. He also took dirty pictures of her. He's a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, that's – Not sad about what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's disgusting. Um, so he gets her to bring Roberto because he's like, oh, that's worth even more money. It's more than a million dollars. But he's still only going to extort them for a million dollars. I'm like, you think bigger, dumbass Tim. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> we just want to go to Alcopoco, well, which I'm like, yeah, I feel like a million in Alcopoco. You could live for a long time. Yeah, true, true. But then he's starting to think about like Sao Paulo or yeah. Rio. So I'm like, you, you got to think ahead, sir. But he's not thinking ahead. He tells Eden, you got to get out of the house at around four. You're going to meet me here. So he gets Brigitte and Roberto back to the apartment. He's like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to ransom you to um, your fam. Yeah. Your family. I'm going to get a million dollars. We're going to run away so that I don't get pinged for statutory rape because you lied about how old you were. And she feels kind of bad. And she's like, well, I don't know. Can we get Roberto home? He's like, no, no, I'll get you home safe. It'll all be Mm -hmm. over by tomorrow. Well, unfortunately, Santino, the big bad, finds out that he's that Eden has been like, you know, fucking Tim Wealth in his dressing room and not on camera for this porn film. And so he beats the shit out of Eden, leaves her at the house with like Zico. with her guard yeah. dog, Zico, who sucks. Mm-hmm. He like literally watches her and jacks off in the bushes. Yeah. Like he sucks. Um, in another universe, I could see like that being the setup for a dark romance. Oh, yeah. To be honest, between the bodyguard and the and not this yeah. bodyguard. This one sucks. But like not a this handsome bodyguard. one. This like sucks. a fun one. Yeah. A handsome one, a fun one who's like, I really hate having to do this. And he kills them all. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just like writing. Listen, listen don't give away your free ideas. Like write it down. We got it. I'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> so um so Santino goes to Tim Wells and he realizes that Brigitte and Roberto are related to Lucky Santangelo. And he's like, I'm going to fucking like get my revenge now. So he and his goons kill Tim. Not sorry about it. Glad he's dead. Take um, Brigitte and Roberto back to Eden's house. And he's going to do gross shit on camera with them in Eden's room. And Eden's like, ew. So Eden gets to a phone Calls his what? Calls Santino's wife and is like, hey, did you know that your husband has a mistress on Blue Jay Way? So meanwhile, Lucky gets back to Los Angeles and she is in action. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to fix this. And so she gets some of her dad's mob associates and she gets like surveillance set up. She gets her bodyguard and driver, Boogie, who we haven't seen since the beginning of the book, but we haven't really missed him because he hasn't been needed. Anyway, gets them like they they get the money. Um, which isn't hard, but like they had to, you know, get it through nefarious means because she wasn't completely liquid. They drop it off at the Santa Monica Farmers Market at the B. Dalton Books. What a throwback! That was a walk down memory. I loved what a, yeah. it was. Beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So in the diet section, yes. and of course she had to call somebody fat who was standing. I know in the this diet poor section. woman is just trying to like get a Jane Fonda book and get on with her life, and she gets brutally spoken to about, and then yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they follow her. I mean, not the they follow woman, her. They follow the yeah. money. They follow the money, which Santino got one of his goons to take. They end up at, arriving at Blue Jay Way right after his wife. So they're like, "We're going to use a distraction at the front of the room to get um to get the house to get in." And and Boogie is like, "I'll just go in the back. You wait in the car." Like, of course, she's not going to fucking wait in the yeah. car. She's coming in with them. So. They get into the front of the house. Like the goons are kind of like, oh, whatever. Eden's like, please help me. They're like, I don't, we, we kind of don't know what happened to Eden Antonio. No, we assume she's fine. 
Like, or, or not that she's fine, but we assume that she she escaped. We know she escapes the situation because in the bedroom we hear three gunshots, which is the magic number of yeah, gunshots. Yeah, we hear three gunshots. Yeah, which is the magic number. <laughs> but just how many gunshots it takes for Lucky Santander to kill yeah. someone? And we hear three gunshots, and then we jump ahead to the trial to 1984 to the trial, and they find Lucky guilty of second degree murder because like. Basically, they're like, we're not going to let this broad get away for, with killing like a father and a son, mm-hmm. even though they were bad people. Right. Doesn't matter. Um, and then all of a sudden, Brigitte stands up and is like, no, I did it. I did it. I killed him. And then we jump ahead to the epilogue, which is Lucky and Lenny's wedding. We don't get to see Lucky and Lenny come back together other than like, Lenny called a car phone during all of this chase and finds out where she is. And it's just like ostensibly going to the house to like, he finds and helps her there too. But yeah. So, and now they get married and that's the ending. That's the ending. Oh, and Matt and Jess, like the creepy guy who didn't do the rape, they ended up together because he stopped, he stopped acting like he liked her in like this in the 1980 portion of the book, which drove her nuts. So then they ended up getting together and like they have twins. So there's, there's that. Yeah. Jess ends up um, in a, with an, in a nice life that she's happy with. So that's yes. good for her. Yeah. That's, I love that. It was like, what's a quick synopsis. It's been 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but you know what? what? Also that was quick because you forgot two huge characters, Carrie and Steven. I know, I did. And Mary Lou. And Mary Lou. Listen, there's a whole other thing. Like, honestly, I don't even know that we need to talk about it because it doesn't super influence. I I feel like Stephen is a character that's probably going to come up in the next book. In later books. But, like, for this book, they never quite interact. But basically, Stephen is Gino's son that he never knew he had because Stephen's mother never told anybody who the father was. Was. Yeah, I kind of like. I hope in like the next book that like Gino and Carrie have like a nice reunion. Carrie seems, I mean, she's about to become a bestseller. She's classy. She has yeah. a good story. But anyway, well done. That was you. Really <laughs> came up with character names. I'm thrilled. Thank you. I that was that was. I'll th- I'll think harder before I suggest another. No, <laughs> I mean I honestly I'm like, should we do Hollywood Wives? Should we continue? I would I yes. would like let's keep doing let's Jackie do Collins. It. I know that the, it isn't in the strictest sense a romance, but I feel like Jackie Collins mm-hmm. is romance adjacent. I feel like if Faded Bates had mm-hmm. can have her daughters on the Trailblazers episode, she was a trailblazer for sure, yes. and was doing this. Yeah, and yeah. she. She changed the way I feel like a lot of romance writers could write sex in yes. books. Because these books are um, very I, yeah. sexy and explicit, open door. We know about the sex. Yes. Yeah. We, I mean, they're not as like explicit as a lot of – No. Like, they're not as explicit as you expect them to be. They are a matter of fact about people, people doing it, and they don't necessarily have to be in love. Right. And that's refreshing to read. Like, um, a lot of people wouldn't say this is a romance because, the, the, like, the two sort of main romantic characters sleep with a bunch of other yeah. people, even, like, after they sleep together, um, which is, you know, interesting. It's inter- – like I, like, I just thought the book was, like, so interesting and, like, so propulsive yeah. and so much fun, 
even though it was there were parts of it that I was like, oh God, that's 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 rough. Like you kind of understand that scene where Jackie where people are asking Jackie, like, why are you writing the things that you are, you know, um, in the documentary? And she's like, it's what like the world as it is, not as I wish it would be. Which is which is true. And I but after Lenny and um lucky sleep together they're still with their respective partners but you and i assume they yes. maybe slept with their husband and wife at a certain stage but like they you hear them say basically i don't want to sleep with anybody else like once they are together like they only are thinking about each other moving right. forward so in that way except lenny does have like a bunch of blondes he can call he does and he thinks about eden for a long time where he's like any time he does yeah which is weird because, like, they didn't like each other. No. Like, the descriptions of the relationship were bad. But it's also interesting because there is that way that, like, it propels him forward. And it always, like, hating Eden mm. and wanting to show Eden that he can be somebody is the thing that pushes him to become somebody, you know? Yes. It is. And like seeing her like in the, no, he sees her in the, in the audience in Vegas when he's there doing like the two weeks with Vito. And that's kind of what pushes him towards Olympia. So that's something we missed. I feel like we missed, we we missed missed so much guys. It's a 900 page book. So yeah, we missed a lot. Read this book again. Look at the content warnings. If any of those are are uh, a hard no for you, then maybe don't. But also, this is basically a historical text that you have to read it as that, and it's such a heightened yeah. sense of of the world that it's like you. It, it, it's almost just it's so like farcical and pulpy and over the top that you yeah. Know, and like cinematic in a way. It made me want to reach re- watch the miniseries with Nicolette Sheridan as Lucky. Yes, as Lucky, for sure. Cause like how did they do half the stuff that they how did? did they ever film this? It's shocking. And also, is it just a bunch of like three minute scenes of like boom, 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 and we're here and we're here and we're here? It's like you would just get whiplash. Well, I did I looked at the audio and apparently there's an abridged audio of Jackie reading it. And it's only three hours long, which I like how <laughs> that's like a hundred. Did you pages. read her synopsis? Her synopsis? I think she, I mean, she, I bet she just read a synopsis. She had to. <laughs> she, I, we, we did that in, in basically three hours. <laughs> um, but uh, no, that's, that feels impossible. But I think it's interesting because, yeah, in Lady Boss, which I think is, a companion to this episode. The next book, yeah. Oh, it's the yeah, it's the next book, but it's the name of her oh, documentary about her. Her documentary is called yes, Lady Boss, yes. and then I, it's you know she's on a talk show at some stage, and all of these women are coming after her like you're not a feminist. But like I would say, she calls herself a feminist. She self identifies that way, and I would say like mm-hmm. this is a feminist book. In that, it's like a lot of women making these choices and us seeing kind of like the fallout of these choices. And when women are making choices that are like not in alignment, things go really bad, you know? And so I think it's like, and it's it's just isn't, we all say that we want complex female characters and then they show you if complex female characters are like, no, not this, not like this. And it's like, well, there are women like Olympia. I don't know that there are women like Age. Age feels so singular. 
Paige feels like she like Paige is great. Paige, yeah. like I said, favorite character of the book. She's pansexual. She is constantly wandering. Like she's in her for like she is described as not beautiful. So many times. Like, but people so many find times. her irresistible. Irresistible. Yes. She is always wearing skirts, slid up to her crotch, rarely wearing panties. She always smells like sex. You're like, the best is the scene. Oh, I'm obsessed with. Okay. The scene where she's trying to break up with Susan for the first time and they're like out to lunch at the Polo Lounge because that's the only restaurant in Los Angeles, basically. They're at the Polo Lounge. Oh, and Chasen's. And Chasen's. Sorry, there's two. They get catering from Chasen's and they go to the Polo Lounge. But these two men send them over a bottle of champagne, which I'm just like. Dom Yeah, why not? And then the men come over like, oh, can we join you? And she just crosses and uncrosses her legs so that they can smell her pussy, basically. And is like, <laughs> no, my friend had a death in the family. We can't. <laughs> what, an insane, what an insane thing to happen and obsessed with it. <laughs> she does it like two times where she's like, in order for the like the specific is for them to be able to smell her, but why does she want of these two men she's trying to get rid of? She's like, Are you into it? Sorry. <laughs> we have to talk about her dead relative. <laughs> it's just so good. It's amazing. It's amazing. And a pain <sighs> like talk about having because the the sense that you get is that her husband writer is gay, right? Is he's he's living his own life, and they live like have a companionship. Yeah, marriage. or he's like, yeah, or like he's he's like on the A spectrum, yeah. maybe like not. He's just like except he wants, but he and he wants to make a porn film, but he seems to be very artistic about it, which makes me feel like he's just interested in the art of sex and not necessarily sex itself yeah. that's how i because if he's not having sex with his wife which it doesn't seem like he is and it doesn't seem like he's having sex with other people no but they seem to have a good relationship like they get along really yes. well this the porno the por- they keep calling it softcore porn and i'm like is it a por- like is it a porn or is it like nine and a half weeks or it's just like a very sexy 80s movie I think it started out as like a nine and a half weeks and then turned into like full on porn. Cause yeah. like they fight, cause Santino fired Ryder cause it was too artistic. And he was like, I want to make porn. Um, he was just gross. to I'm humiliate his girlfriend, basically. Like that's the only reason. Yes. Cause they were making a movie that everyone was like, oh, actually, this is like going to be really good. And then he was like, we right. can't be having Eden win ever. Oh, no. Her arc with him is such an interesting, like, is so interesting in the way that it moves from, like, her feeling like she's manipulating Mm -hmm. him, like, he buys her a house, she feels like she's running everything, and how slowly it turns. It is. I mean, and, like, one of the things I think about with that is, like, how... You can, like, how Jackie writes about these characters and how, like, you can, and these things happening, and you can, like, how you can write about something happening and you can, as an author, but that doesn't mean you condone it or think it's a good thing. So I think sometimes there's a lot of, like, in, like, the discourse about media and books, 
there's this sense that like nothing bad can happen mm -hmm. in a lot of what's like traditionally published. And so I've been thinking a lot about like, why do people seek out like dark romance? And it's because you can see bad things happening. It doesn't necessarily, and that's a cathartic experience that I think like as humanity, we seek out. Um, and then you can also seek out traditionally published books where like everyone, you know, everyone's really safe for the most yeah. part. So yeah, to me, that was really interesting how in this like, you know, blockbuster best-selling traditionally published book, all of these bad things happened, but I don't think anyone said Jackie Collins was a bad person for having bad things happen to these people who are complicated, which yeah. It, like, yeah. To me, I think things have like, I think how people receive media has changed a little bit. Right. And I'm I'm interested in thinking about that. I agree. And it's the thing that I think is like killing media. <laughs> it, like, yes. And I think movies too. But it's this idea like if you, if you present something and you don't say this is a bad person or this person is making this decision and it's the wrong decision, like. Mm -hmm. people lose their mind over it. But it's like, you can't just have ambiguity or you can't just have, um, uh, have you seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet? I haven't. Okay. Well, not to spoil, not to spoil it, but there's, mm -hmm. it's Leonardo. I know like the story yeah. about like the, the Osage. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio is married to an Osage woman and is participating in the, in roundabout ways in the murder of her family members. But he professes mm -hmm. over and over again, but I love you, his wife. And somebody was like, this is dangerous to say because it's not love if you're murdering someone's family members. And it's like, why, yes. And I think Martin Sorsese agrees with you. And like him saying, I still yeah. love you is us being like, oh, this man is a fucked up bad person. And not that this is like, we don't believe that when he says it, but I feel like I saw so many think pieces that were like, no, they think this is a version of love. And it, and it just is like so frustrating because it's like, are we just not allowed artistic expression anymore? Because it's like, you have to allow. Yeah. Like you said, to present bad things or people doing bad things and not have it be like, this is what the author, how the author wants the world to be or creator, like whatever right. medium it is. And it's just like so frustrating. And I think that's like the fun of this book because like wild ass shit keeps happening, but you don't, mm -hmm. it's not a judgment on Jackie Collins. It's more just kind of like, this is wild shit that happens in the world or these like decisions that people make, you know? Yeah. And there's quotes in the book um, uh, saying that like, yeah, no, honestly, like, I tamp down the wildness. <laughs> like, the people I know in real life are even weirder. Yeah. And in Lady Boss, you see her, like, hanging out with, like, Michael Caine and, like, all of these celebrities. She sleeps with Marlon Brando. Um, she sleeps – I mean, good for her. Among Us wouldn't have, please. Especially <laughs> then. I mean, I mean there's – then the later years, maybe you would say no easier. But, like, mm -hmm. young Marlon Brando? Young Marlon in a nobody in a was hotter. Nobody was hotter. Nobody. Yeah. No, like literally nobody. That's who I picture as like Marco, Lucky's first yeah. lover, is young Marlon Brando, because that seems that seemed right to who, me. She, Lucky cannot get over basically until she meets Lenny. She's always thinking about Marlo. Right. I mean, Marco. 
Yeah, and she's like, and she hasn't felt that way about sex. When she has sex with Lenny, she thinks, I haven't felt this way about sex since Marco. Yeah. And I think also the thing that's interesting about the way that she presents sex is all of the good characters, all of like the men were like Mm -hmm. Lenny and Gino and Dimitri are all very into going down on women as much as possible and are very into like women coming to the point where it's said explicitly a few times like he gets off when she gets off. And I just wonder, like, prior to this, was that something that was as explicitly said? You know what I mean? Like, probably not. No. I mean, I can remember reading some historicals where they're like, they literally don't care. Like, er, like late 80s historicals, Mm -hmm. like a little Joanna Lindsay, where they literally don't care until they realize that they're in love with the heroine. Yeah, but this is like women that they're in love with or not. They're like, no, like this is the part of sex yeah. that is interesting to me. Yeah, they were they were the vibe. Yeah. I really, I mean, I like, and also like she it was the juxtaposition between her being so body negative about women and her being so like age and body and whatever positive about men was just really striking <laughs> to me. But I mean, it's part of like the historical nature of the material well but then also you have like Paige wheeler somebody she's like is not attractive yeah everybody wants to be with her she's thrilled with herself like she is gino's match you know and and so also olympia's weight never stopped her from getting laid no not a single time no if her facial scars did because flash was like oh i what is like i don't do disfigurement (laughs) which was like jesus christ I, I'm like, sir, you have no teeth in your no, head. You were, I was picturing like the head of that, uh, oh God, what was that like early aughts English band, Peter, Peter Doherty? That's who I was picturing. Oh, uh, yeah. Doherty. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, it's, but you, but he's also a bad character. Like you're not supposed to identify with the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> with Flash. And then, uh, yeah, but that's the thing too, is like Olympia is able to, Yeah, to fuck whoever she wants and marry whoever she wants. But yeah, Olympia as a tragic figure, like it is, she never had a single person who valued her for anything other than her money. Money. And like, I think the juxtaposition of her and Lucky, Lucky is like, she always had enough money, but she just really wanted to make something for herself. And I think the juxtaposition between Olympia never tried to make any make or do mm-hmm. or be or create anything and so i think what you know if jackie collins were here to say it she would probably say that like that that juxtaposition was like lucky has purpose olympia doesn't when you have too money too much money and no purpose like that is like a recipe for tragedy what i think ultimately lucky also experienced love in that she had her father's Mm -hmm. love and like they have a complex relationship but i don't think she ever felt like gino didn't love her i think even when he was staying away for them after his wife was murdered who is played by sandra bullock in the tv series fun fact um lucky still understands that he loves her but just that he's not able to Mm -hmm. to be there for her and she has marco who she loves and various people and i think olympia never had any like she kept trying to recreate these situations she's like maybe if we get married she doesn't know how how to love somebody she doesn't know what that is even her daughter and so 
in that way, it's like Olympia's whole life is such a tragedy because it's like she's searching for something that she just cannot, she can't even name what it is that she needs, you know? Yeah, no, that that whole storyline made me sad. And I, and part of me was expecting her to to overdose throughout most of the book, especially when she started doing heroin. I was like, oh, that's yeah, we've that's, stepped it up. We've stepped it up, even from the cocaine. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it still came as a shock, which is like to me a sign of a of a talented storyteller. I was I was so mad at myself because I was on Wikipedia because I was like, I gotta find out more about this book. And like, and anyway, and they had mm-hmm. like the timeline for things. And it said like Olympia, Olympia's death in 1984. And I was like, fuck. I was like, I wish I didn't know that. So I was thinking, like, is she gonna die in the mm-hmm. plane crash? And then once everything started at the Chelsea Hotel, I thought it was gonna be a Sid and Nancy thing and he was gonna have shot her or killed her in some way. Yeah. But because he like the fact that he never got like actually violent was like probably one of the more surprising things about yeah. the book. And I think the 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 way that Jackie, I mean to go back to her writing like trash, but I'm like, nobody created, I I have not ever seen somebody create this volume of characters or create a character in like three lines. We were like, I get it. No, she was, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. You would switch to, she could say a couple things and like, you would just know who they were. And it was like, it's unreal. Like, um, I, like, I don't think people, you know, in that time gave her enough, like, I don't think she's ever gotten enough credit for like how she did characters no. and how she, how good she was at characters. Um, characters and plot. Cause you could see it. Yeah. yeah Cause even and plot. that it's like, we learn about the maid who does not want to go into the room. Cause she knows something bad happened and the manager of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And it feels like those are two completely fully drawn characters that we see for a chat. We see for a few lines each basically. And yep. it's, phenomenal and it's like she's that good at character and she's that good at plot because like you said at the end of the book everybody comes together in a way that feels natural and organic and like yes of course that person would be involved in that person I can't imagine how difficult it is I've never written a book you have (laughs) like you know what I mean it's like it seems impossible to me like like yeah I've never written anything that plotty like I've never written anything that plotty and like you know, I'm thinking about writing things that are plottier. Um, I've been reading, you know, I think romanticy is just as plotty yeah. as this. I think so. I think a lot of popular books right now are plotty. Um, as and people want like the plotty, and like I was also surprised at how much she could make me feel for these characters that I didn't get to spend that much yeah. time with. And that might just be because, like, on the like the Clifton strengths, I'm a number one empathy, and so I just like attribute feelings <laughs> to things. But I think she like she gave you some emotion when she was talking when she was writing about how Lenny and Lucky felt about each other. I believed that they were in love, yeah. even though they hadn't been on the page together that long. But there was something about the chemistry between the two of them on the page that just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, in that stage, you feel like you know Lucky and Lenny so well that you're like, yeah, these are the two people who should be together. Like, you just feel it even before they fuck on that raft. (laughs) (laughs) 
you are like, this is inevitable. It's coming. Like these two people it are going coming. to be together. Yeah. And that's such an insane, that's such a skill. And I think, you know, when you think about like literature versus this, and I think it's like an ongoing co- conversation, especially with mm-hmm. romance novels, it's like, what makes literature literature in this like well-plotted, character-driven, propulsive novel not? This is American. Well, she was an American, but this is literature, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, it's that. And it's like, it doesn't feel current now. No, but, but it's like, of a time. It's so of yeah. a time and so placed. Yeah. If, I mean, if it was a TV show now, I would turn it on every fucking mm-hmm. week. Every week. Which, let's, please, let us have a big, sprawling TV show like this. It would be amazing. So good. Um, so good. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a great. And yeah, let's read more Jackie Collins because I yes, am I loving it. it. I love it. I want, I'm so excited you're thinking about writing such a plotty book like this because I think it, it's so much fun and it like needs to have a comeback. I think uh, rarely do I read books, contemporary books written recently that are this like expansive and huge, you know? Right. Like, and I remember reading like the Daniel mm-hmm. Steeles, the Judith Krantz. All of them are this size. Like they all felt like this size and this scope. Yeah. So I mean, Daniel Steele's still writing books, but it's not. They're not like the books that people think are like cool. Yeah. You know. And it's like these books should be co- like these kinds of scope, like big books should be cool again. I really, I, I believe that, and like. Cause like you can get a lot of you can get a lot of depth even if you're doing if you're going mm-hmm. out. But like yeah, so I just I I really I really enjoy- thank you for doing. Oh my god! Me. Like it was. Listen, like- I won't say that the first the first little bit I was like, now what the fuck is this? But once I was in, <laughs> I was so in. You were in oh right? my god! Okay. It, and I started doing that thing. Like obviously, I needed it be, to be done for today. But like when you're reading a really great book and you're like, you want to get to the end, but you don't want to get to the end. I know, me too. Because I was like, this is me so too. much fun to just be in this world. These people are a psycho. I love it. I was like, yeah, I was finishing up while I was making banana bread this morning. And um, I was like, after I put it down, I was like, I feel kind of sad. <laughs> I need to eat a piece of banana bread to make myself feel better. I know. It's just, it's, it would, it's, well, thank you for bringing this to me. Because I don't know that I would have ever yes. read a book without this. Um the other, the only thing else to mention that I thought was so funny. Do you have sisters? Or are you an only? I do not. Or do you have brothers? I am an. I'm an. I have a half brother who I don't know very well. So I was raised essentially as an only. Child. You have a Stephen, basically. <laughs> I have a Stephen. I have a Stephen. Um, I just have a brother too, but like so much of like the sister relationship between Joan and Jackie, I find so fascinating. <laughs> Oh, so And when Joan starts talking about how her sister has come back as a fruit fly who followed her, she's like, I, there was a fruit fly in my home in Los Angeles. And then they were in the south of France and here and there. And she's like, that's Jackie. And I was like, what a psychotic thing to say about your sister. Even if you believe it, you <laughs> cannot say that out loud and in public. But I, I know. Br- I mean, brutal. my mom has sisters mm-hmm. and I can, I can, uh, I can imagine one of them saying that about another one for sure. Uh, Cause they did love each yeah. other, but they also, you know, <laughs> the other one could turn into a fly. 
into a fruit fly <laughs> and, you know, wanted to murder each other at different points of yeah. life. So. The other thing I find so interesting about, like, Jackie the woman is she knew she had breast cancer or knew she had a lump in her breast and just, like, did nothing mm-hmm. for years. I know. And it's so sad. And it's interesting because, like, her husband had cancer and it was kept a secret. Her mother had cancer. It was kept a secret. And just this – and it's similar to sort of what happened with – Nora Ephron and like having cancer and not wanting anyone mm-hmm. to know that it, it, there's something about these women who write and want everything on the page and want to show everything in these brilliant lives that like when it comes to themselves are so fiercely private that I find so interesting. Just like another layer. Yeah. Not the keeping like not the not pursuing treatment for an illness but like the the i actually sort of like i admire like the way that she balanced being like especially about like she was private pretty private about her Mm -hmm. kids um it seems like and i like i admire that yeah like that's to me that like is that's like seeing into the future and how like some like i feel like a lot of like vloggers and stuff aren't seeing into the future and how showing their kids on camera can be terrible for them. And so I I think, you know, as a creator, the ability to keep something for yourself while expressing so much like through work is, is, you know, obviously not to that degree, but like, I feel like that's, it's of a time, but I also feel like I wish we could kind of get back to that a little bit. Yeah. Loved it. It was great. I've kept you so long, but I knew I this know, was going to be a so long one. I was like, there's no way that we can get through this book in like 45 minutes. It's absolutely it's not. A huge no way. Book. It was, there was too much. There's too much. All right, all right. I think we have to do Hollywood Wives. I'm down 100%. If anything, reading this made me be like, I want to. <sighs> I want to watch Hollywood Rise. And I'm going to LA next month. And I'm like, I need to go to the Polo Lounge. I need to visit these places. Yes. And just be there yes. and just think about Paige and just think about Gino and all of them. But it's like, I got to go because all of these places exist. I was waiting for Musso and Frank's drop, which I'm sure will get dropped at some stage in one of her books. It must. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I was surprised that she didn't mention Perino's, yeah. which my which is a restaurant my mom worked at <laughs> like before I was born. Um, and Perino's is now it doesn't exist anymore. It's now like a condo building. But I was like just waiting for her. Maybe she has a vendetta against Perinos. We'll see. We'll find out. Lenny ends up living at the Chateau Marmont, which I'm like, oh, oh what yes, a dream. Of course. I know. Not the yeah. My like my favorite nonfiction book is The Castle on Sunset, which is the history of the Chateau Marmont. I've never read what? it. What? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the audio now. I'm, oh, I'm, it's so yeah, good. It is. He does such a good job of pinning like what's happening at the chateau to the greater idea and it's basically from when the chateau was like built in the 30s to like the aughts of like and now like Beyonce and Jay-Z have their Oscars after party there and I'm like in the parking lot or parking garage what a dream uh it's a great yeah let's I'll so I'll see you for Hollywood Wives because I'm I'm in or whatever else is happening. I love it. I just want to be on a beach somewhere trashy, drinking some very sweet drink, reading all of these and just tanning myself to a crisp. A thousand percent. 
A thousand percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in sunscreen, but um, I'll be wearing sunscreen I, too. But there is something about that I just want to be. Yeah, you know, I want to be in. I this is these are ultimate beach. Oh treats. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so how can people find you, follow you? What's coming up next? Is there anything you want to talk about? To plug? I'm at author Andy J on all social media platforms. Um, I have a substack called the Stern Brunch Daddy Digest and I update things mm-hmm. there. Um, my latest is to win a witch's heart that is available on Kindle unlimited. It is like a light romanticy with a pirate who's very loosely based on Sir Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's that that one's pretty filthy. So if you enjoy enjoy explicit open door sex, you're gonna like that one. And um, pirates. Not enough with pirates. <laughs> and pirates. So good. Yeah, there's swashbuckling. There's also like a regatta, mm-hmm. which, you know, he's a, he's the fastest racing pirate in the <laughs> world. Um you Trigger warning if you don't like Max, if you like Max Verstappen, maybe not the book for you. Um, <laughs> but I am busily writing on stuff that I can't really talk about. Okay. Yet, but I should have some stuff out. Stay soon. tuned and subscribe to the Substack. And then you find out about it. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you are interested in learning more about <laughs> Learning the Tropes, we're on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. And our email is Learning the Tropes Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and until next time, happy reading, everybody. Bye.